Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in chapter five, and we're on page 70, the third paragraph, if we have been thorough. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Amanda B., for the 12 traditions, Betty W., and reading the text are Penny C. and Carmela G. The reference numbers for Tuesday, November 26, 2019, are for the 7 a.m., 13716, that's 13716, and for the 10 a.m. are 13717, that's 13,717. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence in the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Amanda B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Amanda B., compulsive overeater in Texas. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 10, sorry, 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. <clears throat> Thank you, Amanda. Okay, I'll now ask Betty W. to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for your service. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Excuse me. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never to be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 70, the third paragraph, if we have been thorough. And I will ask Penny C. to begin reading. Thank you, Katie. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in the Boston area, um, recovered by the grace of God. If we have been through our per, uh, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct, and we are willing 
to straighten out the past if we can. As this, par- this, this chapter is coming to an end, I feel the sadness that, you know, we read a good book and you come to the end of the book or we're coming to an end of another chapter and it's been wonderful. It's been uh, so uh, helpful listening to all the shares on this chapter. What, what I wanted to say about this uh, paragraph, yes, I wrote down a lot. Oh my gosh, did I write down a lot. Um, I had 250 resentments, 250, and you can imagine that it took me forever. I don't suggest that to anybody. It actually took me two or three years to finish my inventory, and by the the grace of God, again, I stayed abstinent all of that time, Uh, and so after I wrote all these down and and was able to um, read them to my sponsor, um, I realized how many people I had hurt. I thought they were indebted to me because they were um, not not so very nice to me. But I realized my part in it, especially with my own children. I had no no uh, comprehension of what my behavior had done to my children until. I spoke to them about what I had what I had uncovered, and realized that uh, you know when there was yelling and screaming in the house, and and um, they didn't know what to do. They went to my older daughter's room, and the three of them, I have a fourth daughter, but the three of them would go to listen to the Beatles, and now the the three of them. Uh, big Beatles fans, and I always wondered why, and that was it. They they listened to the Beatles to drown out my yelling. Uh, I didn't. I had no idea. I don't know how that could have happened. So once I was led by God to this wonderful program and this wonderful fellowship, you know, I was able to clean up that past, and uh, we. I can. I think. It's. I know I've straightened it out. God has helped me straighten it out only by working these steps. So I am just so grateful for for everyone who's helped me along the way, uh, definitely for Bill W., Dr. Bob, Dr. Silkworth. Uh, it's just um, it's such a gift, and, and um, sometimes I, I'm thinking I, I, I don't deserve it, but Um, I'll take it and thank God every day for it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Penny. Okay, so if you've just joined us, um, we are on page, in Chapter uh, 5, and we're on page 70, the third paragraph, if we have been thorough. So if you haven't shared in the last couple days and you'd like to, please give me your first name and the first initial of your last name. Carmella. Bob. Carmella. Larry K. Larry. Pete B. Is that who I'm hearing? Bob B. Oh, Bob B. Okay. Vasa O. Vasa O. Okay, I have Carmella G. Larry K. Bob B. Vasa O. I can take a couple more. Stacy J. Donna D. Donna D. Stacy J. That's right. And Donna, Donna, what was your initial? Uh, 
Okay, that's okay when we get to you. Okay, well, that's six. That's a good start. Um, we have Carmela G, Larry K, Bob B, Vasa O, Stacy J, and Donna. Carmela G, please go ahead, and everyone else, please star one to mute. Good morning. This is Carmela G from New York. Um, a grateful, compulsive overeater recovered for today. I wasn't sure I needed to share until I listened to Penny deeply and to the words of the reading, and all of a sudden I realized, finishing up this inventory, writing down everything, at the age of 68 years old, digging deep into all the things I had shoved down for years, and my behavior it was such a revelation. I didn't know the person that I was. It was thinking of it now, today, as I look back. It was such a gift to have all this stuff out there and give it away and know that my higher power, even in my insanity, when I was in all of those fears and resentments, I was loved and it was me that was pushing it all away. And the gift is that today, every day I'm learning a little bit something, a little different about who I am and how I respond. And the gift of being more loving and tolerant and not being that bully and that egotistical woman who had to be the center of attention. That is a gift and that I treasure and that's only through working these steps and digging deep into the heart of who I really am. And I am so grateful, and I thank you all, and I will pass. Thank you, Carmela. Okay, <clears throat> excuse me. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Bob B. Katie, thanks so much for your service. Uh, appreciate it. The, um, you know, it's interesting. We, we, did write, uh, we did write a lot. Um, you know, the solution, Bill explained really clearly that the solution that we're pursuing here requires uh, that certain actions be taken, right, including a, an extensive self-searching. And, and I did that early on. I, did, I think I did a pretty extensive self-searching. I had always done that in therapy, too. I did a lot of self-searching. The piece of it that I didn't do in therapy and then you know i'm not knocking therapy i'm just giving you sort of a, a context or a picture and i also did not do when i pursued this early on was the second part of the self-searching the leveling of our pride reflecting back there wasn't much leveling of my pride see i was chasing after an outcome so although i did write down a lot i considered things there wasn't really a leveling of my pride. The reason I know that and looking back was there wasn't uh, a transformation, an internal shift, a change early on. And so, of course, I would eat again. Now, and, and without the leveling of the pride as part of the self-searching, 
then when the confession, if you will, as we're going to come up on that shortly, the confession of my through omission and commission, right? The, the confession of these these things, these defects. I'm not. I wouldn't have the right mindset in which to do that. You see, I didn't pursue it. I didn't follow the instructions. Precisely, meaning I didn't understand that the leveling of my pride was going to be a big part of this. And so, even though the process had really worked in others, it wasn't going to work for me in any sustainable, effective way. And now, you know, beyond those suggestions, suggested actions, because the main problem centers in my mind, not my body. I got a problem in my body, but my mind is the main problem. You know, the great fact they said is just this and nothing less. We read this in the big book that we've all had deep and effective spiritual experiences. Effective is sustainable. So I wrote down a lot. I would continue on this process. If my pride wasn't leveled, the disease will perhaps do its job. It will over time. And I may have to get back and follow the instructions and the sequence of these things, um, you know, properly. And when I did that, and I had an effective spiritual experience that's going to revolutionize my whole attitude toward life, toward my fellows and towards God's universe. I'm so grateful uh, for all of you and grateful for this program of action, spiritual action with that. I pass. Thanks Katie. Thank you so much, Larry. Okay. Bob B you're up followed by Vasa O. Thank you, Katie. Uh, Bob B from Westchester, Pennsylvania. I am uh, just finished going through a 15-week step study with men on the telephone uh, using the 15-week step study book. And I had not done this uh, a thorough of step studies since 2007 when a very experienced sponsor took me through the steps, and it took me 16 months at that time. And going through it uh, over the phone um, and with using that 15-week step study was really a powerful experience. And it's a step study that we we do for men uh, if men are interested. And uh, in any event, uh, going through it this time, um, I learned a lot more things about myself. I learned that I was still hanging on to a tremendous amount of fear inventory that I needed to deal with. I also was experiencing an outside uh issue I was going through in terms of dealing with losses in my life, not only losses of people, but losses of, you know, different things that happen in my life to me, and making a list of those losses and going through that um, really had, there was so much thing, so many things inside me that I didn't realize that I had uh, still or hanging on to, including resentments, um, you know, and, and making the list of going over and, and a new list of uh, going over and people I need to make amends to. And part of my uh, history was coming into the program and living my life as a victim and not taking responsibility for my actions and always blaming my wife's bipolar disease or other people or other things. And that was a revelation to me that I didn't figure out for probably 15 years into the program uh, maybe not 15 years, maybe 10 years into the program. Um, and my higher power, whom I call God, um, I always visualized as somebody up in the sky somewhere and didn't have time for take care of me. But today, through the process, I realize he cares for me every moment of every day, uh, loves me just as I am, um, and is always available. But I, re- I need to remember to ask for that guidance 
uh, each day uh, and living one day at a time. And when I do that, my life is so much better. Um, so I'm very grateful that uh, these steps are there, uh, that they they tell me uh, what to do. They connect me with my higher power. And I can't go through the steps unless I have a relationship with my higher power. And I can't do that if I'm not abstinent. And for me, abstinence is spiritual, emotional, and physical, and it will always be imperfect. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Bob. Okay, um, next we have Bassa O, followed by Stacy J. Thank you, Katie. Okay. Thank there you. you are. Thank you. So, Bassa, grateful. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. I could have never done any of this work without without my higher power. And uh, at the beginning, I I really didn't see what was the use of me to continue with step four, five, six, and the rest of them. The biggest problem at that time was dealing with the food. And I remember getting on my knees and surrendering to God, higher power, whoever you are there, please help me. I cannot stop eating. It's going to kill me. And with the help of my higher power, one day at a time, one meal at a time, putting the alcoholic foods down, which I didn't know anything about the allergy, I learned learned the doctor's opinion. And uh, I wish I could say it was easy. It was very difficult going through the withdrawals. And then I remember saying to my sponsor, well, I got my abstinence now. I'm losing the weight. I miss OA. And I'm looking for that attention from men, the validation, this and that. I thank God I continued. She said, Vasa, you will go back into the food if you don't continue going through the steps. And yes, I listened, and I did. A lot of writing, a lot of writing. And I remember going to give it away. I was in the highway driving to, to my sponsor, and I pulled on the highway because I had forgot something. I wanted to do a thorough, thorough inventory. Like there was, like uh, everything had to be as far as I could remember. And I did go back into, from my childhood, the resentments, the anger, then there's just so many things I, emotionally that I had been struggling with. It was, it was, it was in many ways, it was very healing to put it on a piece of paper. And I did blame a lot of people that really loved me and cared, like my parents. They did the best that they could to show me their love and attention. And I needed to look at myself. What did I do? How I had harmed? I'll wrap it up. It's almost over. My time. I, I'm timing myself. So if, please do it. If you haven't done it, I'm doing it anyways. This is my time. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, now we'll have Stacy J followed by Donna. And I'm hearing a strange noise. Anyway. Stacy, go ahead, please. Thank you. This is Stacy J, um, recovering food addict from Toronto. Um, reading this, I uh, it struck me that 
the word thorough right at the in the first sentence uh when i came into oa um uh, uh a friend in program told me it was actually about 13 years ago. I thought it was 10 years, but it was 13 years ago. Back then, the way we were taught, um, the fourth step took months and months. And, um, you know, we sat in that miserable space for a long time. And back then, my food addiction had not progressed to the point where I relapsed during that period. I, that did not happen. But now, um, having after sort of years later gone through a period of six or seven years of relapse, uh, I don't have a, my food addiction has progressed to such a point that I don't have the luxury of a long fourth step. Um, but I'm very fortunate that in with um, the Vision Fellowship and with my sponsor, thorough did not have to mean long, and uh, it took a matter of maybe two weeks, I think, and. Um, uh, and I did write down a lot, but uh, did not linger in, uh, it wasn't a perfectionist enterprise. And I feel like the previous time when I did it, uh, you know, I tried to be perfect about it. And this time um, I was thorough, but not perfect. And, and actually, as my sponsor had warned me, things would, would then come up, a few more things I would remember as we were doing the fifth step and my sponsor let me know, like to share those things when they came up and the process worked. And now I'm about 75 days abstinent and working step 12. And I can see that a thorough but fast movement through this process has, uh, has alleviated the perfectionist way that uh, I would typically do it myself. And it's this process this time has been faster than my addiction can catch up to. Thank goodness. So um, I'm very grateful for the, the thorough but, but expedient <laughs> process this time. And it is. I did see a lot of things about myself that I didn't see in previous times. And, and I have been willing to make amends to people I've harmed. And I'm just I'm very grateful for, for a fast enough process that I just don't get lost in it. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. And so now we'll have Donna, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Can you tell us the page we're on, please, in the paragraph? Yes, I normally do that after the first um, group of people, but I will tell you now. It is uh, we're in chapter five, page seventy, the third paragraph. If we have been thorough. Okay, Donna, go ahead, please. Hi, this is Donna G, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, so this this paragraph um, really spoke to me, and, and um, you know, I'm thinking about newcomers, and I just want to encourage them. Um, we're, we're, we're in a self-imposed uh, prison when we come to the steps, and you know, I feel like one, I'm a very metaphoric person, and I feel like one through three, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm unlocked the door. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I realize that, you know what, I have a key. It's, it's a connection. It's the connection. Um, and there's my key. But now that I've gotten out, there's all this other stuff I have to get through. There's like a hallway of, I don't know, boulders. There's a hallway of barriers um, I have to get through, and I have to walk through it and I'm thinking of um, you know just walking through the storm and walking through the fears and walking through the resentments and and getting through it and um, you know the word futility and the word futility and fatality like 
I think that's what's so hard about this is when you look at it um, and you realize I've, I've spent my life on things that are totally useless. And, they, and not only are they useless, they're killing me. <laughs> um, and therefore, I think the desire and the, you know, I guess what I'm saying to newcomers is don't be afraid because once you see clearly with clear eyes, um, you get the strength to remote, remove those boulders and barriers. And, and God gives you the strength with his power. You are connected and, and you can do it and you can remove those and you can move on in your life a free person. And that freedom, there's just nothing like it. That, there's nothing like that feeling. Um, there is work involved, but it's so worth it. And um, one step at a time, you get to where you're able to do it. And um, I just wanted to end by saying I have and I shared this at conference. I, I got um, the strength to share it through a lot of tears. Um, I have a brother who's in a bariatric nursing home because of this disease. He cannot move. And um, when I go there, I never really realized it. Of course, I'm sad. I'm sad for him. I'm sad for everybody there. There's so many people who just can't move. Um, but I think this is kind of what I'm feeling when I go there. I'm feeling all the weight of the boulders and the, the barriers and the you know, and there's nothing in the hallways but wheelchairs, but I feel like that is the most stuffy, clammed up place. And, um, you know, it, it takes me back to where I was and uh, and where I would be, but for the grace of God and his mercy. So um, it's a good reminder to me, but it's also, you know, it's a sad place because I know freedom freedom is there for all of us. So. Um, if we, if, if we're willing and, you know, I you can't, I can't, I can't give it to him. I can't, you know, I, I can't make him, um, want it. All I can do is recover and hope that, that little by little, um, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll realize there is a way you don't have to live in the, in the death. You don't have to live in the death. And that's what it feels like. I'm just surrounded by death when I go there. Fine, please. Thank you. It's where I used to live. So keep coming back newcomers. It works. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Donna. Okay, so now we're opening it up for more shares. We're on the on the third paragraph on page 70. If we have been thorough, who else would like to share? Anita B. Anita B. Irene M. Michael M. Irene B. Marco M. Margo M. I'm sorry, what was Mike, that? No, Michael M. Oh, Michael M. Sorry. Thank Darian you. K. Darian Moore K. Irene oh, Irene. Irene. Is it Irene C? And I got you, Beth W. Devorah S. And Devorah. Okay, I think that's that's enough. Okay. Um, okay, if everyone could press star one, unless you're Anita B. And then we have Irene M, Michael M, Darian K, Maura Z, Irene, I'm sorry, I didn't get your initial, Beth W, and Devorah S. Anita B, please go ahead. Thanks so much, Anita B, here from New Jersey, uh, recovering one day at a time. And uh, I need to share today because I'm towards the end of this process, which is Hope we lost you, Anita. Star one, please. Uh, 
I'm sorry. Um, so I am towards the end on step nine, and I'm really struggling to go out of my way to find these people, to make the appointments, to make the amends. And uh, I'm just grateful for all the shares because it it, um, it gives me the strength and courage and the want to have this vital spiritual experience, this tr- uh, change in me. And and, I, and even through the process, even though I'm not completely done step nine, I am still uh, really feeling the power of God in my life. So I'm just really grateful for everything from Sunday through all this week, um, listening and um, having that connection with all of you and letting me know that this is so worth it and that no matter how uncomfortable or um, hard this is, it's so much better when we do it. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Anita. At EDM, you're up, followed by Michael M. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini, and I am a very gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. For me, the word begun is really important because I started to create new ways of dealing with life circumstances. It's like, for me, it was entering a new door that has its own path to freedom, and it wasn't my path. So I was specifically doing certain actions to stay on this path to freedom. I started to set in motion towards a specific goal, which is having a connection with God, myself, and others instead of being disconnected. I started to show up and stand on new soil to have the ability to move forward with my life because I was so stuck. I have gone, you know, I, I I question, have I gone to any lengths to complete my part so the promises can come true in my life? You know, these promises are like a checklist. If I did what I was supposed to do, then my past will start to straighten out. This inventory became such a tool in my life for change. The writing, you know, allowed me to see the truth, to see my part in harming others. You know, I have only begun again to see and learn about the spirit of tolerance, the spirit of patience, the spirit of goodwill towards everyone. I have the ability to see the word sick on everyone's forehead and especially mine. And then I started my path on a spiritual growth away from morbid reflection and I became clo- I got closer to the psychic change to set aside older ideas and replace them with new attitudes so I can be governed by what? Not me, myself, and I, but by principles and not by personalities. I'm so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini. And now we'll have Michael M. followed by Darian K. Good morning. Thank you for your service. I'm Michael M. And recovered it one day at a time, and uh, I'm so grateful for the vision and visionaries and learning today after many, I'm a long timer, and I realized through vision 
uh, in the big book that I I really didn't. I have such I have a, 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 another fourth step to do. There were certain people in my life, family members, and you know whatever the situation, trying not to character assassination. Um, but I need to write it. I need to really look at it. And I started it last night and being thorough, uh, just, it's, it's magic, painful, but just magic to learn that I, I'm still after so many years, so critical. And, uh, sometimes I'm with a friend and, you know, we'll laugh and it's not funny. I don't want to be critical. And because I, I believe I was always so critical of myself and, uh, I also had a lot of problems in parochial schools, uh, as a child. Uh, and whether that was an excuse, I still didn't thoroughly take a look at how I'm just learning. And I, you know, been, you know, other help areas, uh, to learn and to, and to help. And, learning more and more from the big book and I love the archives. I've always have, but I'm learning how to look at the word or the definition or the meaning of being thorough from listening to so many people on, on this particular meeting. Uh, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. And that truly is. And years ago we didn't read, especially in, in, um, Father program, we just didn't, and I have, a, I have a, a meeting that's working like vision now, and that's amazing. For uh, yeah, I know we're not supposed to. Uh, I just forgot when I supposed to mention the other yeah, twelve step. However, I'm grateful. I'm very happy that I I too I've been coming for two years, and I just started sharing, and for today. The magic, the beauty, uh, the fourth dimension. I see sometimes they even call it the fifth dimension to look at and see my part and being able to learn to forgive. And even though I, I can forgive, I don't have to forget because I, I do believe those who forget are doomed to repeat. And I, I've done that with my food in the past. Uh, many more than once, and I have lost a, a nice amount Time, of weight. Please. Thank you so much for letting me share. Have a happy, happy holiday. Thank you, Michael. Nice to hear new voices. Okay, Darian Kay, you're up, followed by Maura Z. Hi, can you hear me okay? It's Darian Kay from the Berkshires. Yes, I hear you great. Okay, great. Uh, I'm muting, I'm muting. Crazy. Um, so grateful to be on the line today with all of you, and um, hopefully I won't um, phase out here. I'm on a funny area here. Um, so I am just so grateful. I just, I don't know, I have these visions of, like, thorough. I don't really do many things thoroughly. Uh, <laughs> um, and, it, you know, it reminded me of, like, how I clean. So if everything's folded up and the things are sort of neatly placed, to me, that looks thorough, and um, so I'm, you know, in my mind, the house is clean. Um, but then there's everywhere underneath the couch, and it's, um, yeah, it's not thorough at all. It's it's definitely very um, minimally cleaned, and um, 
yeah, just not anything that, um, you know, would, would suffice as being thorough. And so um, that is, you know, that's really how I do my life until this program. And so I am so grateful that I have sponsors uh, and people in the fellowship that help me to do thorough um, inventories and to, you know, look at it and see my part in situations. Um, and also to know that there's another one down the road and that if there was anything that I missed or anything that I need to see or that things maybe I just even didn't really know until, you know, another time, place and time, I, I can have that opportunity again. Um, you know, my job, my work is never done here. Um, and thank you, God, because um, I want this program for a lifetime. And, um, you know, I just have to work it the best I can. Um, uh, we're all human, right? And so uh, to me, everything is perfectly imperfect. And um, so I just do the best I can. And boy, the results are amazing. They really are. Um, I could just let go of so much. Um, especially the space in my head. That's the, that's the biggest part because all of that stuff is in my head. And so when it's down on paper and then shared with another human being, it is, it, there's a weight lifted. And so if we have 10 pounds to lose, it feels like we lost 50. I mean, really, it's just a nice feeling to um, get rid of all that um, that takes up space. Um, so that we can see the beauty. And you know what? Today I looked out the window and I saw the most gorgeous sunrise, um, and I was grateful. And that's what it—that's the feeling you get when you're out of the food and you're doing this work. Um, because in the past it would be like, oh my God, I'm up so early, I'm so tired, I want to go back to bed and not see any of the beauty of the world. So, so grateful. And thank you for allowing me to share. I passed. Thank you, Darian. Okay, Mara D, you're up, followed by Irene. Oh Good morning, Katie. Thanks so very much for your service. Mara Z recovered by God's grace and mercy. And starting my timer. Yes. <laughs> um, so the phrase that popped into my head was the fourth to freedom, because that's what I got from working the fourth step. And in the beginning, I was one of those odd ducks that was looking forward to doing my fourth step because I needed so to be unburdened by some of the things that I had done that were just completely egregious. And um, and so did I write down a lot? Oh, my gosh, did I write down a lot. Two spiral-bound notebooks. Well, that was before I learned to work smarter and to do it through the steps and just follow the directions of the big book and not from, you know, 42 different sponsors. Um, I found out a lot about myself in those two books, so I will tell you that. Um, but what I didn't find, truly, what I didn't find were the promises after doing that work. Because I didn't find destiny. I just found jobs of uh, proof that I was, you know, a loathsome, you know, 
the bottom of the caterpillar came back down. That's what I think. Um, was there some freedom from, you know, holding on to resentment? But it wasn't a good experience. Now, fast forward 14 years and finding this meeting and finding how to truly use this book that I've done, I have found some. First fourth step I did with a, with a big book was first was amazing because it wasn't just identifying things that I had done. It was seeing the patterns, and the patterns, that's where you find the freedom because I could see how I had behaved the same way with different individuals and always identifying that what was the common denominator in all of those difficulties? Me. I was the common denominator. But doing it that way thoroughly found me appreciating the work more so than ever. And the promise, fourth step promises, we have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. As sick as I am. And uh, freedom today is the value. Thank you, Maura. Okay, more, um, up next is Irene, I think M, followed by Beth W. Irene B. Good morning. Thank you so much I'm for your Irene service. B. I am Irene B. A very gratefully recovering emotional eater and recovering bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I love this paragraph and I've loved this chapter because it gives me a glimpse view of where I've been and what I've done. And, um, and <laughs> I thought I was thorough but oh my gosh, by listening to everybody, I realized how much I had forgotten. It's like I'm in denial and I just don't seem to to know what I don't know. But by hearing people share, I realized, oh my gosh, I left a lot of stuff out out of my inventory and I've done it three times. So I, I'm just Wow, a little bit shocked. Um, but having said all that, I just know that by the grace of God, and I do mean the sheer grace of God, I am 31 months abstinent. But, you know, I I, I just think that that I'm so unrelatable because I'm I'm just that one who would never have being healed because I'm just beyond help and um and sometimes I think that people just can't stand because I'm be I'm so different and I know that's my fear and I know that's my irrational beliefs but the reality is that in my bulimia and eating disorder I was trapped in my head and it appears that I still am, not nearly as badly as in the past, but I still am. You know, the slightest indication of disapproval just 
just totally crushes me. And it's like, that is crazy. And intellectually, I know what I need to know. Intellectually, I can put things in perspective, but the way that my heart reacts is just so out of whack that I just can't seem to reach my prehistoric brain. And um, they say that trauma does that to people. And if it weren't for the trauma, I'd be recovered by now. But the reality is that my inner parent still torments me sometimes. But by the grace of God, most of the time, eventually, I see the lies. They're nothing but a bunch of lies. And if I'm in the present time and if I stay in program, eventually, time, I see the truth. And I'm thankful for the ability to see the truth that the program gives me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Irene. Beth W., you're up, followed by Devorah S. Hi, thanks for calling on me. Um, my name is Beth W., and I am a compulsive overeater from North Dakota. And I didn't know you heard my name, so I'm really grateful that you heard me, and um, you're doing a great job with the meeting. Um, you know, the, it says we've begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality, and, and there means uh, the resentment that I was carrying around for so long. And, and I used to think that it was my, um, my disease, my, um, my eating, my addictions that were killing me. And, and I guess what I've learned is that it's my resentments. It's the stuff, the, the heavy rocks in my backpack, all that stuff I carried around for decades. Um, and just the anger and the pain and the hurts and the fears um, they were the futile things. You know, I, I can't fix that. I can't change the past. I can't make it different. Um, and it was killing me, absolutely killing me, as it drove me to the food, um, you know, in the pain. And the only solution I could see was to dull that pain. And I, and I have this, this, uh, this, uh, this illness, this illness, twofold illness that is the only way I know out of these things and um I, but I I'm starting to see their terrible destructiveness and I can't live in that place anymore and I don't I refuse to live in that place anymore and so I'm grateful for this process these 12 steps that that gives me a way to look at these and and move into surrender and acceptance and and fix what I can fix what I can and you know uh, and then learn that there are other people in the world who are sick. That nobody, like the world was not out to get me to do these things. Oh, there's Beth. I'm going to pull in front of her and screw her day up. Or, oh, there's Beth. I'm going to, you know, see what I can say that's going to wreck her day. No, I mean, I really, I walked around thinking people were out to get me every day and screw with me every day. And, um, and I don't have to do that anymore. You know, pretty much people aren't thinking about me. And I'm not that important. And I, um, and I can live into that with acceptance and just learn that I can love other people. And if I exude love and tolerance and acceptance and, and patience to other people, it flows back. And uh, that's, um, I'm so grateful for this process. And I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Beth. Okay, um, now we will have Deborah S. 
Hi, good morning, and thank you, Katie, and thank you, everyone on the line that makes this meeting possible. My name is Devorah S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And, you know, the two words that I, um, that, <clears throat> that stick out for me is the word if. If we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot, and we have begun, and the word begun, as someone else was mentioning. And so the word if, I can't get stuck on that word because it says, you know, we have the, uh, the first time I did this, I wrote notebooks and notebooks and notebooks because I knew that it had to be, you know, it had to be perfect. And I know many people out there, you know, they don't go any further than the writing because they're still writing two years later because they think it has to be, you know, some kind of thesis. And so, you know, I, I, word if it will come up, things will come up later if it has to be addressed. And, I, yes, it has to be thorough, and we have to really get everything down and, and try our best, but let's not get hung up that it's not going to be enough. You know, we just have to know that whatever I do for now, it'll be okay, and like I said, it, things will come up. It's a beginning. You know, I have to remember that this is a beginning. We don't stop. Just because we've written this inventory, I didn't stop. I continue with this, you know, daily, you know, living in a recovered state of mind. This is... You know, this is the work that we do, steps 10 and 11, every single day. Um, so things might come up, and then I could address it. And, you know, and what I see today is that, you know, when I just, when I, what I've noticed with myself is that it's so much more deeper um, because, um, you know, I see where my part is so much more strongly only because, you know, of this work. Um, and, you know, talking to people and seeing and, and just growing in this program, um, you know, and, you know, and I'm just so grateful because I, too, am not living in these resentments and living in the pride and not living in all that. I, you know, this experience is, is a very humbling experience, and I'm able to, you know, to show up today and to be available and, and, and to do service, whether it's in the program or outside in the community and with others. Um, and, you know, and, and that is, to me, um, that is a gift, um, not looking for anything to get back from anybody, um, just doing it because I want to, and it's a, it's a nice thing to do, um, because that's, you know, that's, that's what God wants from me today, um, to get out of myself and be there for others, and uh, really grateful that I'm getting this from this program, um, you know, and... Um, what else? I have nothing else to say, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah. Perfect timing. We've come to the close of our meeting. So thank you to everyone who shared. Um, thank you for everyone who helped to make this meeting possible this morning, stepping up, taking different spots. And please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, November 27th, 7 a.m. meeting is 13720. That's 13,720. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Carmela G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.